Good morning. Thanks again for inviting us into your home to worship with us today. We hope that you're all relaxed and ready to go and are opening your hearts up and preparing for today's service. My name is Jen Robinson and I'm the Director of Guest Connections here at Faith Westwood. Today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, the last Sunday before we celebrate Christ's coming to us, the greatest gift that there ever was. This is the fourth Sunday in Advent. On the first Sunday, we lit the candle of hope. On the second Sunday, we lit the candle of joy. On the third Sunday, we lit the candle of peace. This Sunday, we light the candle of love. One scripture verse that many of us remember on this day is John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. During Advent, we pray that we may remember again God's gift of Jesus and that this gift is the is for all people for God is love. bring your message of love to those in our family and those we meet as we go about our daily lives. Help us to be your messengers of love to a broken world because you are the God who restores with love. Amen. True man. 
boys and girls, Miss Leah here. Today is the fourth Sunday in Advent, and I'm so glad you could join us. Today we'll be unwrapping the camel, the wise men, and Joseph from our nativity as we listen to the Christmas story in the donkey in the living room. And don't worry if you haven't wrapped up your pieces or you don't have a nativity, that's okay. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your Advent devotion box, it's not too late. I can still get one out to you, just let me know. And in it, you will find some ideas on how to make your own nativity even. And there's also uh, all the stuff that you will need to plan and throw a birthday party for Jesus on Christmas Day. So let me know if you need an Advent devotion box. Today, we're going to listen to more from The Donkey in the Living Room, written by Sarah Raymond Cunningham. And she's given us her permission and her blessing to read this. As you listen to the story, you will see my friend Chris Bowers bringing the Christmas story to life in her painting. The Camel Have you heard of the camel from afar, trudging along to follow a big sparkly star? I could tell you and go out on a limb, but I think we ought to leave the story to him. My master came in, back home in the east. He said, Let us get going, my trustworthy beast. The words of ancients are coming true, and I'd like to be there to see it. Wouldn't you? To honor a king, the grandest of grand, he packed only the finest things of our land. He piled up the gold, shiny and yellow, and the best myrrh that you could find for a fellow. There was frankincense, too, with its rich scent, but I had no idea what all these gifts meant. I knew this king must be worth the trouble, because my master and friends left town on the double. I knew something huge would happen that day. It was the only time that a star lit our way, the wise men. Have you heard of the group of men so wise, they traveled to Jerusalem as the crow flies? I could take their story down from the shelf. Better yet, I'll let a wise man tell you himself. We'd been studying the sky late one night when one star became crazy, amazingly bright. It was a sign. A king was on his way, so we made plans to leave on that very same day. We rode to Jerusalem miles and miles to ask King Herod about the coming Christ child. The king called his priests and teachers of law, and he wasn't happy with what he heard and saw. From Bethlehem town this ruler would rise. Go, Herod told us, find the baby where he lies. We tracked the star to right over the boy, and the hearts of we wise men were filled with pure joy. God told us in dreams not to trust Herod. We never went back to the palace to share it. Joseph, father of Jesus. Have you heard of Jesus' earthly dad? Joseph can tell you of the adventures he had. If you've been wondering when he'd take the scene, we won't delay. We'll let him now spill what he's seen. When Mary's tummy first started to grow, there is one thing that happened you really should know. An angel told me, stay with sweet Mary. She's been given a gift from God she must carry. In Bethlehem, just as the others said, our baby was born with a manger for his bed. Shepherds did visit and wise men to boot and angels whose voices were as smooth as a flute. Yes, Herod wanted to hurt our new son, so we fled to Egypt, taking him on the run. God warned us to go, again, though, through a dream, 
He was always there watching over us, it seemed. Our son grew up to die and rise again, to complete God's great gift of goodwill for all men. I love sharing this story. I sure hope you're enjoying it. We'll get to unwrap baby Jesus on Christmas Eve as we gather together online. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your Christmas Eve kit yet, you can still do that today from 12 to 2 under the awning at the east entrance of Faith Westwood. In it, you'll find a candle to light during Silent Night, which is my favorite part, all the things you'll need for communion, and for the kids, their special ornament that they get every year. And I also wanted to say a big shout out and thank you to all the volunteers and all the people who came out to the live nativity last Saturday. It was such a blessing and my heart was so full. It was so great to see the story come to life through your eyes. I had a great time and I hope everyone else did too. So until Christmas Eve, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said... Amen. I'll see you on Christmas Eve. Bye. I love you and I miss you all. It came upon the midnight clear That glorious sun of Oh,
This morning's reading is from the book of John, chapter 1, beginning with the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Christmas is just around the corner. And today our mission focus is our Helping Hands Fund, and we've chosen it a lot lately because we've needed it a lot lately. It has been a lifesaver uh, to several people in our church this year, and they've had nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn. I think this is what a church family is supposed to do. This is what we read in the Bible of the first century church. They did this. And so I want to say thank you for being that kind of church today. Let's pray. Lord God, we cling to you, because without you we are lost. You alone are life. You alone are our hope and joy and peace and love. Speak to us today. Reveal to us by your Holy Spirit who you are and who we are. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Have you heard about the Star of Bethlehem? Uh, Jupiter and Saturn will nearly align tomorrow to create what is called the Star of Bethlehem. Uh, so look to the low southwestern sky near the horizon tomorrow, shortly after sunset. From the Earth's point of view, Ju Jupiter and Saturn haven't been this visibly close for 800 years. It's possible that the original Star of Bethlehem was a similar convergence of planets. That was the light that guided the Magi to Jesus. Today's the fourth Sunday of Advent and our series, Picking Up the Pieces. Uh, sometimes the pieces we pick up can be repaired and sometimes they have to be replaced. Which makes me think of Christmas lights. You know, over the years, Christmas lights have driven me at times to fits of frustration. Can I get an amen? You know, you buy lights one year, and the very next year, suddenly, half the string doesn't work. What happened during those 11 months of hibernation to cause that? I check each bulb, I check the fuse, and nothing. I don't get it. So now I've started replacing my old half-working incandescent strings with new LEDs. We'll see how that goes. All I want are lights that keep shining for several seasons. Is that too much to ask? Today we're going to bring together two themes from 
the Advent season, light and love. Have you ever wondered, wondered why we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? The Bible gives us very little in the way of clues to the actual date of Jesus' birth. By 200 AD, there were a few ideas floating around about the date of Jesus' birth, including April 20th and May 20th. Spring would have been a, a lambing season and warmer weather for shepherds to be out in there with their flocks by night. Celebrating Jesus' birth as an annual event, though, didn't begin until later in the 200s, and uh, 33, uh, excuse me, 336 A.D. is the first record we have of a Christmas celebration on December 25th. How'd they come up with that date? Well, somehow they figured that Jesus' death was on March 25th, and they assumed that in his perfection, he must have been conceived on the same day as his death. So if he was conceived on March 25th, then nine months later, voila, is December 25th. For a while, it was common to say that Chris, Christians just picked up the, the date of, of a pagan holiday and Christianized it. But most historians do not favor that theory now because... When Christians first started celebrating Christmas, they were not likely to borrow practices from their pagan neighbors. Of course, they would later incorporate winter solstice customs from the culture into their celebrations of Christmas using things like trees and yule logs and holiday foods, but that's not how the day December 25 was chosen. Still to me, celebrating Christmas Near the winter solstice is a great idea. It reminds us that Jesus is the light shining in the darkness. I want to thank the Linnell family for reading our scripture today from the first chapter of John's Gospel. The first verse takes us back to the opening line of the Bible in Genesis, in the beginning. But instead of saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, John's Gospel says, in the beginning was the Word. And when we read Genesis chapter 1, how does God create? God speaks things into existence. Words bring forth creation. God says, let there be light. And there was light. The Word is the self-expression of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. This Word, this self-expression of God, is both distinct from God the Father and yet also God. And this Word brought forth light, meaning that God is revealed. How does God reveal himself to us today? Well, certainly creation has a part in that. Creation reveals some things about God, our, our innate human desire for justice also reveals something about God. But to really know the character of God requires a higher level of revelation. It requires a word. It requires a story. And that word shines like a light in the darkness. I love verse 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Isn't that a great word for these times? 
the light shines in the darkness, and it's shining today, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verses 1 through 5 make it clear that the Word and the light are the same person. Jesus is the Word. He's the self-expression of God. And Jesus is the light. He's the self-revelation of God. Jesus gives us a clear picture of who God is. At the same time, he gives us a clear picture of who we were meant to be. And without that picture, where do we turn? We just have to make it up. It, uh, you know, whatever we hope or believe is true and real. No wonder we get ourselves hopelessly lost. And we end up hurting each other and hurting ourselves. So, here's the message for today, short and sweet. We need the Word. We need the light. We need what only Jesus can give. We all, we all struggle with insecurity, right? We all feel inadequate sometimes. Um, we can look in the mirror and be very critical of what we see. We can also be critical of others and then berate ourselves for being so harsh. We've all done it, right? We've all been there. Let me tell you, self-loathing is a treacherous enemy. I think it's a form of darkness, and sometimes it can take over your life. The good news is that God loves you too much to leave you in that darkness. That's why he sent Jesus, to love you back into the light. Jesus tells you the truth that, flawed though you are, you are deeply loved. You have infinite value to God. But, because we're so insecure and flawed... It's easy to seek affirmation in the wrong places. For example, I believe one reason pornography has such a strong pull is because it appeals to our insecurity. Our feelings of inadequacy make us an easy target. And like all potentially addictive practices, pornography creates an illusion of affirmation. But it can never deliver on its empty promise. So we end up feeling emptier than ever. Uh, we need Jesus to speak the word of truth to us. We need him to, to shine the light of what is real on us. We need Jesus to fight for us and deliver us and save us from our enemies and ourselves. We do all kinds of things, though, to soothe our insecurities, don't we? I have a friend who unknown to most of us, played online poker almost every day. One day he found himself wagering way more than he could afford to lose, but he did lose. He had previously promised his wife that he would stop, but when she wasn't home, it's like he couldn't help himself. He convinced himself that he could win back what he'd lost the first hour if he just stayed in, and then everything would be fine. But after a couple hours, he fell into an even deeper hole. And he feared that when his wife found out, that would be it. She'd leave him. So finally, he shut off the computer. He called a friend. Soon after that, he called me. He told his wife, and fortunately, she did not leave him. He quickly got into a 12-step program. He took the step of accepting that his life was unmanageable, 
that he could not fix his problem. And he took the step of believing that God alone had the power to restore him. Or as we're saying today, he had to admit his darkness and turn to the light. And he learned that for him, the motivation for gambling was the thrill of it. It was that, it was that jolt of adrenaline that, that had him hooked. And so he played to feel that. He played to feel powerful. He gambled to feel better about himself. And in group meetings, he heard people who had stories a lot like his, including some who had lost much more in terms of money, family, career, friendships. And God used these stories to shine a light of truth on where his life was headed if he did not stop. And his, he had a good sponsor too, and his sponsor kept pushing him to be honest instead of BSing himself and everybody else. A couple years later, he received a two-year medallion for sobriety, which he gave to me blew me away, but it was just his way of saying thank you. What an honor it was for me to receive it. I don't know about you, but I still struggle with insecurity. Some days it's worse than others, and left to myself, I might look for affirmation in all the wrong places. We need the Word. We need the light. We need what only Jesus can give. Maybe you lack self-control, don't we all? Maybe you've been holding on to resentments. We've all been there. Maybe you harbor a, a sense of racial superiority. It can happen without even trying. We need the Word. We need the light. We need what only Jesus can give. Back when I was a kid, going to vacation Bible school, every day, every year, we repeated a verse that has stuck with me ever since in King James Version. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Psalm 119, 105. And ultimately, Jesus is the word and the light. Now, John chapter 1 doesn't give us any details of the nativity story. But it does give us the meaning of the nativity story. Uh, verse 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And by the true light, he means that, that Jesus is the one and only light. Now sure, some lesser lights came earlier, which were reflections from the true light. Israel had patriarchs and prophets. They had covenants and commandments. But they were not the full light. They were not the definitive word. In 4 BC, the true light, the definitive word, was about to come into the world. And he came into this world as a person. It would be like Charles Dickens walking into the world of Ebenezer Scrooge and the Cratchit family, the very world Dickens created. But what if the, the characters Dickens had created wanted nothing to do with him? Well, what if they considered him a problem to get rid of? That's kind of what happened to Jesus. Verse 10, he was in the world, and 
though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And maybe it's too much to expect that people would recognize him because not everyone was prepared to recognize him. And yet some of them were prepared. The people of the patriarchs and the prophets, the people of the covenants and commandments. But even they did not respond well. That's what it says in verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And that might be the end of the story, except that the light keeps shining. And some were able to see him and believe in him, and he gave them a new relationship with God. Verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We need the Word. We need the light. We need what only Jesus can give. Some nights I have a hard time falling asleep. Any of you ever have that trouble? You know, I start thinking of things that didn't get done or could have, could have been done or will need to get done. It's, it's part of my insecurity. So I have to let Jesus speak to me. I let him speak his words of life and truth over me. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And I meditate on those words. I will give you rest. It's amazing what words from Jesus will do. Um, and from there, I imagine him saying, You know, Steve, we've done enough for today. We're going to pick it up tomorrow, and I'll be with you then. That's what I need. We need the Word. We need the light. We need what only Jesus can give. That's why every week we, we come here, even church online, to hear the gospel proclaimed. And that's why we go to small groups to support one another in this, this journey of following Jesus. And that's why we open the scriptures at home during the week. We need it. We need the Word and the light. Sometimes it seems that John's Gospel isn't very Christmassy because it doesn't, doesn't have a nativity story like Matthew's and Luke's Gospels have. Interestingly, though, we learn more about Jesus' mother in John's Gospel than any of the others. And Joseph is at least mentioned by name in John's Gospel. And in chapter 1, verse 14, we have one of the most important Christmas scriptures of all the Bible. You think about it, it starts out this way. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word that was with God and the Word that was God took on our humanity took on our flesh and blood and bone, and he brought the light of God's glory. The rest of the verse says, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what we need. We need the Word in person. We need the light shining with God's glory. And Christmas says, that he has come. 
Now I'd like to move us into a time of guided prayer. As we pray, I invite you to, to breathe slowly and recenter your scattered senses upon the presence of God. Now I invite you to picture in your mind one image of Jesus based on his life. Maybe he's touching a leper, or he's walking on water, or he's calling Lazarus from the tomb, or he's having his feet anointed by a sinful woman. Whatever image of Jesus comes to mind, take your time. And when you land on one, Hold it there in your thoughts. Let the light of Jesus, His presence, fill your being. Now I invite you to recall one thing Jesus said, a word from the Lord. There are so many, it may be hard to think of just one, but for example, maybe at the time he asked, what do you want me to do for you? Or when he said, follow me. Or when he said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Or when he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Let that word from Jesus, whatever it is, come to you. Don't force it. And when you land on one, hold it in your heart. Let the word of Jesus speak to you and fill you. Now visit the manger as one of the shepherds who have just heard the angels announce the birth of a savior. And as you behold this baby, say to yourself, the word has become flesh and made his dwelling among us. And I have seen his glory.
God's people said, Amen. into the light for God so loved the world that he gave us his only son and John 1 9 says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world 
This is what we've been preparing for. We just celebrated the fourth Sunday in Advent, and now we'll celebrate Christmas. You have two opportunities coming up where you can worship with us again. December 24th, our online service begins at noon, and then December 27th at 9 o'clock. In the meantime, if you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit us at faithwestwood.com forward slash service. There you can fill out an online connection card, you can submit your prayer requests, or you can give to Faith Westwood. And our mission focus this week is our pantry. We hope that you have a wonderful, joyous Christmas, and we'll see you again next time.